Loosen your collar, shake off the wires, run like a river, glow like a beacon fire. Words written by Bry Webb on the banks of the Speed River in Guelph, Ontario, later immortalized by his band the Constantines in their song, Young Lions. Now without realizing it, Webb seems to have summed up the spirit of the running community, specifically the Speed River Track and Field Club in that city, running like the river it's named after, swift and almost unstoppable, and glowing in the pride of their hard work. On this week's show, Guelph also happens to be the binding tie between our two topics. First, we talk with current Guelph resident and recently crowned Canadian 10K champion Eric Gillis about his race in Ottawa last weekend, trying to qualify for Rio, and fatherhood. Then we talk to Chris Moulton and preview the Speed River Inferno, a meet attracting talent from around the world happening this weekend in Guelph, Ontario. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. This is The Terminal Mile. You can find us on every major podcasting network, including iTunes, and on Twitter as well, at The Terminal Mile. My guest on the show right now just came off a fairly successful weekend, taking the Canadian 10K Road Championships at the Tamarack Ottawa Race Weekend. He's a two-time Olympian, a 211-21 marathon guy, and a resident of Guelph, Ontario. Welcome to the show, Eric Gillis. Uh, it's nice to be on. First of all, congratulations on the Canadian 10K Championship going just under 29 minutes and beating out Kelly Weeb. What was your plan going into that race, and how did it all shake out? Uh, so that race is one I've done a numerous times, and I've never really had it as my main focus. So this this time around, it was the last race of uh, my spring season, and I put a, a high, high priority on it and uh, was looking to peak for that one. And uh, kind of came up with a GA uh, plan of uh, goal of breaking 29 minutes, which I've never done before there. You know, a top six would have been really great. And then first Canadian. So I was able to achieve two of the three, uh, which is pretty good. And uh, probably the time would have liked to be a slightly quicker. But, uh, you know, it was still a good effort. I uh, ran solo from about 3K to the finish. Uh, so... So was able to, uh, you know, keep a solid pace uh, in no man's land, which was, it was okay. Well, you know, Kelly Weeb was about, uh, I think he finished about 10 seconds behind you. Uh, you know, the cameras didn't really show it. Was he, was he on your tail pretty much the whole time? Uh, I did not see Kelly at all or feel him until I, I crossed the line and I looked back to see who was behind me and he was coming through. And I had been rooming with him that uh, that weekend, and I was pleasantly surprised to see him that close because I knew I would be pretty happy with my race, and I thought he probably would have been too if he was close to me um, after the way I uh, how I finished. So um, yeah, it was great to see him back there. Um, I was quite surprised because I didn't really feel anybody behind me, um, but I guess he had about the same, uh, you know, ten second split behind me at 5k as he did at the finish so it's not surprising i didn't hear him but uh yeah i just tried tried to get out quick and uh tried to go with the leaders for a little bit and i was able to do that for a kilometer or two until they put a a big surge in at around 2k and then uh and then it got tough um but yeah he he had a good race uh, on the last show, we talked to Manny Rodriguez, uh, the guy who is the elite coordinator for the uh, for the Ottawa Race Weekend, who claimed that Ottawa has one of the fastest 10K courses in the world. Uh, what was that course like, and you know, does it live up to the hype? Yeah, I believe it's 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 definitely the fastest in Canada, and uh, and then I, I I haven't run any really 10 fast 10Ks outside of uh, Ottawa, but I believe that it's it's yeah, it's very quick. It's got 
you know, guys in uh, previous years going for the world record uh, on the on the roads, and um, you look at uh, people running similar track times on that course, and uh, yeah, it's it's very good. The, uh, the race Saturday night was a, a bit windy, a headwind going out the first 5k, um, so that that would have played played into it a bit in terms of time, slowing people down a bit uh, if you were on your own or at the front of the pack. Um, but yeah, it's it's absolutely uh, a, f- a flat, fast course. You know, on the women's side, there was some very impressive results from both uh, Lanny Marchand as well as Natasha Wodak uh, going out with the lead group of women. Uh, maybe give me some thoughts on uh, on how well the Canadian women seem to be doing this year as a whole. Yeah, I watch them uh, just to, you know, watch the results and talk to them uh, when I do get to the same races as them. And I'm continuously impressed how quick that they're running, how quick they're racing. And uh, their results, I mean, uh, Lanny and Natasha to finish third, fourth at a IWF gold race and those kind of times, that those are uh, very, very good good results uh for both of them and uh it's exciting yeah it's it's good like the they deserve the attention they're getting and um yeah i'm impressed every every time that they uh get out for a race it's uh, it's good to see it seems that in the past few years that the marathons have been your main event but you didn't compete in one this spring uh maybe talk to me about your decision to stick to the shorter distances this spring and was it kind of you know erring on the side of caution uh, I had uh, some pretty specific goals for for a marathon in the in the spring. That was to go to Rotterdam and try and hit the Olympic standard. And um, I had about I had a three week stretch there, which is a pretty crucial stretch in a marathon build up. That uh, uh, three weeks where I didn't work out about a week and a half of that with no running, and I had been sick and a little a uh, little hiccup before. I got a sick a couple times before that, so I just never really felt into my build up. And all of a sudden. Um, you know, crunch time was coming, and I decided to uh, err on the side of caution. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and personal choice, which was not to go to Rotterdam, and uh, shorten the distance that I was racing, drop down, and do some uh, to an 8k, a couple 10ks, and a half marathon, and uh, just uh, just enjoy training. And I was able to uh, jump in with uh, guys here at Speed River that were were doing some shorter you know that kind of 5k 10k stuff and uh yeah i enjoyed uh, you know after that hiccup or original hiccup back in way back in february i guess it was uh i've had a really great spring of training and, and enjoyed it a lot and the races were uh they came around for me and yeah had a good time well the window is now open to qualify for a rio 2016 and the uh, fall marathon season is well, I, I hate to say it, but it's just around the corner now. It seems funny because we just finished the spring marathon season. Uh, now, you've had a lot of success at the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon in the past, but I'm sure the temptation is there to uh, hit some of the, in quotation marks, faster marathons like Chicago or Berlin. What are your plans for this fall? Um, yeah, so um, pretty much, uh, to be honest with you, I am uh, the, the specific marathon that I'm looking to do in the fall. I haven't actually spoke with them in person yet, or, you know, I haven't contacted them and, and talked about and negotiated with and got, worked out the details. So, um, yeah, until until I do that, I'm not really too comfortable telling you exactly which one I'm leaning towards, but um, I'll, uh, I am 
looking to go after that standard in the fall for sure and pick a course that I think I can do that on. That's fair enough, but realize we have our eyes on you. Uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. As mentioned, uh, the qualifying window is open for Rio with the Canadian standard being set at 2.12.50. How comfortable do you feel with that time in relation to uh, how your training has been going and perhaps some past results? Um, yeah, the thing about the marathon is you don't get to race a whole lot of them. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with the standard. I, I, it, it, it feels like uh, something that uh, is achievable. I've, I've run that time, uh, I think three times now within that within that standard. And um, yeah, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just to put myself in a position, you know, to train well and um, uh, to get to the race healthy, to get to the race happy, and. Uh, and then execute on the day of, and uh, things will take care of themselves. So, so you know, really, um, not to overthink it. It's just um, do what I can do, and I and I believe, uh, you know, things will take care of themselves. Reed Cool said your training partner went under that magic number, and then some at this year's Rotterdam Marathon. Uh, what kind of effect did that have on the uh, the Speed River team, and perhaps you uh, you personally? Yeah, I think everyone knowing Reed, you know how dedicated he is, and how um, what a good training partner he is. He's personally a, a great friend of mine. Um, to see him have a good build up, and uh, you, you want you want a guy like that to to get the most out of out of the race that that he can, you know, to get something back from that training. It was it was really nice to see that uh, that he was able to get. Um, uh, to get a pretty quick time and uh, get that get that standard out of the way with and um, yeah especially with a little bit of adversity he faced you know the couple weeks before and um, um, it was it was personally really really nice to see him see him uh, run as well as he did. Uh, Dylan Wikes, who is another elite Canadian marathon, I'm pretty sure I don't need to tell you that, but uh, he's mentioned that it can be pretty tough juggling being both a father as well as being a top level athlete. Uh, you also are a father. Uh, how have you been able to balance the two roles? It's uh, it's something that um, you just go for. I mean, there's a you. Ch- I mean, I chose to be a father. Um, so uh, with that with that choice comes along different strains that you know are are put on you. But it's you have the right perspective going in, and or you you learn to to get that perspective and, and right attitude, and and it uh, it can be very rewarding. You know, busy at times, but you learn that uh, you know your downtime is is with your kids, and it's it's good time and it's a rewarding time, and it's just um, you know it's a it's a learning period, and it's always um, uh, trying and challenging, but also rewarding at the same time. And, and I'm glad that uh, that I'm in the position I am in, being a dad and a marathoner. Coming up this weekend is the Speed River Inferno in your current place of residence, Guelph, Ontario, which will attract a ton of young talent on the track. Uh, out of the current crop of Canadian athletes, who do you think uh, will one day make the big splash on the road scene, you know, marathon or otherwise? Oh, that's a tough call. Um, you know what? I, th- I think that uh, I, I would only be guessing if I were to think, um, if I were to guess who would be who the next crop of, um, you know, road racers, you know, good runners would be because, um, you know, for myself, I, I don't think too many people in, when I was running in my early 20s would have picked me to still be doing this when I was 35. Um, so I think it's just, um, I'm just curious and, and excited to watch, you know, the great races like the Inferno and having them hosted in Canada and at, at home in Guelph. So um, you'd have to ask somebody else, to be honest, who 
the next really good runners would be. You know, I'm uh, I'm guessing this wraps up your spring season. Uh, so what's next? Are you going to take a couple weeks off to uh, to take a little bit of a break before the fall marathon buildup? Yep, I've got some downtime right now. I'll take uh, 10 days off completely and uh, and then just get back into some, you know, light training and just uh, prepare for the actual buildup for the marathon. So, so not too much racing in the next couple of months. Um, lots of lots of just downtime in the next uh, couple of weeks and then uh yeah i i this just one thing that i've always done after a season is is take uh take a good amount of time off and and just relax um know that there's lots of work to be done later part you know through the summer and into the fall and uh kind of mentally as much as anything right now to get uh, get prepared for that well we appreciate you taking the time today to uh, speak with us he is eric gillis and uh, he is the Canadian 10K road champion crowned this past weekend at the Tamarack Ottawa Race Weekend. Thanks a lot for being on the show this week, Eric. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was nice chatting. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, a podcast all about competitive running in Canada. You can find us via Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, as well on tracky.ca. After a very exciting spring full of Canadians going south of the border to chase fast times, the athletes are starting to head north for some of the great meets their home country has to offer. One of those meets is the Speed River New Balance Inferno Running Festival, May 30th, hosted by the Speed River Track and Field Club in Guelph, Ontario. And to talk to us about that meet is Chris Moulton, the club manager. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's been a really good spring for Canadians on the track, and a lot of those athletes will be racing at the Inferno. With that in mind, and the fact that the meet is bringing in 20 Olympians, will you be able to top last year's meet with 13 meet records being broken? Yeah, well, you know, it, that's a tall, tall order. We, we've added four new events, so, so that'll help us get there. <laughs> that'll help us off the bat, you know. Uh, to say it's been a good spring for Canadians on the track is, is an understatement. You know, I don't know if you had a chance to read uh, the great article by Gary Kingston this week in the uh, Vancouver Sun, but Canadian track's on fire. You know, mm-hmm. if, you're a, if you're a fan of Canadian track and field, you better have a big smile on your face because uh, Canadian athletes are excelling across the board in events, right? Uh, sprints, jumps, throws, distance running, you know, the whole the whole gamut, is, you know, Canadians are, are doing great. So uh, we're really excited to be, uh, to be having our meet this week. Um, we think we put together, certainly in our meet's history, the best fields we ever have. Uh, and, you know, we're just hoping for good weather, right? The only thing you can't really control as a meet director um, you know, the athletes that we've brought in, uh, you mentioned 20 Olympians, 20 different countries being represented. So, uh, incredible fields and, and fantastic Canadian athletes as well. So, so we're going to get some really competitive races and, uh, and, uh, and field events as well. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll surpass that, uh, 13 meet records. You know, touching back on that fact, uh, that there are 20 Olympians attending and athletes from 20 different countries on the start list what do you think is is attracting this caliber of athlete to your meet? I think there's a, a number of factors that go into that. Uh, this is our sixth year hosting the meet, so it's it started to build a reputation. Uh, certainly being part of the uh, National Track League helps a great deal. Uh, you know, we get great support from uh, Athletics Canada. Um, you know, we've built a good network of, of uh, contacts across North America and the world um, to, to be able to encourage athletes to come. And, uh you know, I, I think our, our venue speaks for itself. It's a great facility. People have, who have been there in the past have had great experiences. You know, we had a great crowd at last year. We're hoping for an even bigger crowd this year. So 
I think there's a number of different factors that go into to attracting the athletes that we do. And, and, you know, certainly having the strong local club that we have as well helps because there's good word of mouth within the, the running community. Out of that large international field, uh, who are some of the key athletes to watch making the trip to Canada? Yeah, we do. We do have a lot of different countries and a lot of different athletes coming. Uh, I got a, a couple athletes that I, I'm really excited to see. Uh, one athlete that I'm really interested in is uh, Gilda Casanova. She's from Cuba. We've got we've got six athletes coming from Cuba, and they're, they're very high caliber athletes. Um, so she's running the 800, but she was actually second at the World Juniors last year in the 400, running 52.2. So uh, really good athlete there. We're we're really interested to see how she does. Um, we have a number of former Pan Am champs coming. Uh, Roberto Skyers, also from Cuba, was the Pan Am champ last time in, in the 200, and obviously with Pan Am being in Canada this year, uh, that that's a, a touchstone event for us. Uh, you know, uh, Andy Gonzalez, another Pan Am champ. Our 800 men field is spectacular. Uh, he's around 145.3, so, you know, we're really excited to see how, how they uh, do. Um, the, the men's 5K, we have a group from the Hansons coming up, Jake Riley and Brendan Gregg, uh, both Americans. They're in 27.59 and 28.03 at Peyton Jordan a couple weeks ago, so they're in great shape, and we got some great Canadian athletes in that event. Uh, and then a couple other uh, guys that I'm really interested in, Greg Mar Swift, uh, he was the 11th fastest 60-meter hurdler indoors. Uh, he's from Barbados, um, so a very strong athlete, Commonwealth Games finalist last year. Uh, and then one guy that a lot of people probably won't have heard of is uh, Fabrice Lapierre from Australia. Uh, he's, a, he's a long jumper. And he's jumped 840, 8 meters 40. Uh, he, at one point, was ranked second in the world. Uh, he was fourth at the World Championships. And this year, he's currently ranked 14th in the world. So, so I think we have a good amount of, uh, of strong athletes across the board uh, in all our events. So I'm, uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Now, of course, alongside of those international athletes, there will be plenty of Canadian um, runners and, and track and field athletes as well, including many from your club. You know, maybe run down some of the Canadian favorites to watch for as well. Sure. Uh, you know, first off, we have a, a an all-Canadian women's 100 hurdles race, and that's been a strong event for Canada for, for nearly a decade now. Um, so we got uh, Angela White, Felicia George, and Nikia Holder. Uh, all very strong athletes, all running quite well this season. So I'm really interested to see how they match up. Uh, Kamika Bigham had an absolutely amazing meet down in Windsor this past weekend, uh, running 11:09 wind aided in the hundred. So I'm really intrigued to see how she does over the 200. Uh, Gavin Smelly also had a, a great meet down in Windsor there. So we'll see how he does in the 200. Uh, women's 800. Melissa Bishop uh, hasn't raced a ton this season, so we'll be interested to see how she does if she's back on that sub two minute form. Uh, and then, obviously, as you mentioned, we do have a lot of strong o- local athletes from our Speed River Club. Uh, I'm really interested to see how Anthony Romano does in that 800 field. Uh, Taylor Milne stretching down or moving down to the 1500, so we'll see how he does. Over, certainly in, in great shape based on his steeplechases. Uh, speaking of steeplechases, you know, Chris Winter and Alex Janae. Alex has already run 825 or 824 this season. Uh, Chris Winter has run... Uh, 829 and that's a really competitive race for uh, those pan am spots you know there's only two weeks left in the pan am qualifying window canada has four at least exceptional steeplechasers uh, and they're very tightly bunched so so we think this will be a big race to to potentially determine those pan am spots and 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 uh you know three of the guys already have worlds and olympic standards and in alex taylor and matt hughes um so chris winter's looking to join that party and then the uh the 5k you know luke bruchette and ross proudfoot two of the the uh 
good young 1500 meter runners both run in the 5k they both run good 5ks in the past um so so we'll see how they do there so a lot of good canadian athletes across the board now if i may just go uh off the off the script just a little bit here for a second on that 5000 meter uh, race. You have Jake Riley, who is a, a 1332 guy. You have Luke Burchett, who's a, a 1333 guy. Uh, taking a look a little lower down that list, um, but in the same heat, I would suspect you have you know up and comers like uh, Aaron Hendricks and Andrew Nixon. You yeah. know what kind of effect will will it have on those guys running in the races with you know guys who they'll probably match their time one day, but uh, aren't quite there yet. I think, you know, for, for so long in those long distance races, the 5K, 10K races, you've been forced to go to California, and those have been the only, largely the only competitive opportunities until, you know, Houston. Um, so I think it's great that we're going to have, you know, what we hope will be a very competitive 5K. You know, we're hoping for low 1330s, high 1320s. You know, we'll see if that happens. Um, but, you know, we've got a field together that can go that fast. And, uh, you know, you get a, if you're a young guy like Aaron Hendricks or, or uh, Andrew Nixon or, or any of those young Canadian or, or international athletes who are in that field, you know, you've got a chance to get in a race that, uh, you know, can go, you can go 1340 if, if, you, if you put it out there. So uh, I think it's really exciting for, for them as an opportunity, and, and I think it's going to be a, a great race. While some track meets choose to specialize in what distances they do, um, like the 1500 meter night, uh, the Speed River Inferno runs events from the 100 to the 5000. What's the strategy behind that? Well, we want to be a complete track and field center here in Guelph. Uh, you know, obviously we have a history of being a strong uh, cross country and distance program, but you know, for us, it's about putting on an event that caters to all all aspects of track and field uh we're a bit limited right now in terms of our throwing facilities otherwise we would have throwing events at the inferno uh that's something that we're working very hard on to to get those improved so that we can host more throwing events um but outside of that we want to have a bit of everything and one of the the key pieces of the event for us is that it has to be an event that wraps up in in around two hours uh you know track and field meets uh, we're, we're fans of track and field and most of the people who listen to this show are fans of track and field, uh, but I think we all know that track and field can be uh, can be a bit slow moving sometimes, and, and events can drag on. Uh, you know, you go to a, a a major championship or something like that; they're spread over days, right? And uh, even if you go to the CIS championships or an offset championships, it's hours and hours. And I don't think that uh, that captures the, the the general public's interest as much because there's too much going on. So we we've always tried to keep our schedule to about two hours we think that that's competitive with with other sports and uh we want to try and include all the events so in addition to having all the events this year we have paralympic events uh we have two of those as well um so we try and have a little bit of something for everyone i think uh, with the rain out uh, at the hoka one one meet in the u.s it's left a few athletes looking for meets to chase worlds and pan am standards uh do you think that the inferno meet benefited from that yeah, you know, I certainly got a few emails the next day um, <laughs> from from coaches and, and agents and athletes. Um, you know, I think athletes generally are, you, you know, you, you have some athletes who, who plan, like to plan their whole season out as they go uh, or at, for, at early on, and you have others who kind of plan it as they go. So, you know, I, I think that that was a, an unfortunate occurrence for the athletes who didn't have the opportunity to race, and certainly we, we benefited from adding a few athletes in um, as a result of that. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to give athletes a great opportunity to, to pursue those Pan Ams and, and, and uh, world, world marks. 
do you think that there will be a lot of uh, athletes chasing those standards this weekend or will the races be more slow tactical sort of things uh i suspect people are here to run fast uh that's my hope at least um a lot of the national track league prize money uh is tied to performance it's based on running under uh under the iwf world championship standard or breaking the uh, national track league record or the canadian record so for for all of the athletes there's an incentive to run fast financially and um you know at this point in the season what it well why else are you on the line other than to try and get those marks um you know so i think it's a there's a big incentive to run fast and uh, hopefully they do it you're listening to the terminal mile at the terminal mile on twitter and you can also find the speed river inferno meet on twitter as well at sr inferno nb the inferno meet is uh this year's kickoff to the national track league uh talk to me a bit about that and for those who don't know just what it is sure so the national track league is a series of five meets across canada uh, we're the first meet in the series, as you mentioned. Uh, the other meets are in Halifax, uh, Vancouver, Victoria, and Edmonton. Um, so it's a group of, of meets in Canada. Uh, there's support from the Athletics Canada and uh, from the federal government to, to bring in athletes. And it's, it's a great series. I think it's a great initiative. As we touched on at the start of the interview, uh, Canadian track and field is, is potentially at the highest level it's ever been. Uh, and I think that giving our op- athletes an opportunity to compete at home and to grow our sport at home, you know, you never know who's sitting in the crowd there. Uh, you know, it might be the next Andre de Grasse or somebody like that sitting in the crowd and observing it and getting the switch turned on. So, you know, I think it's a great series. We work very closely with the meet in Halifax because there's a very short turnaround between them. So a lot of the athletes that we have, the international athletes that we have coming in for our meet, will uh, fly to Halifax uh, the day after our meet and go and compete at that meet. So there's a good synergy there. And, you know, when you're bringing in athletes uh, from, from foreign countries, you know, they would prefer to come and get a couple of competitive opportunities in rather than just one. Something that I think is pretty cool is that the Inferno is not just a high-performance track and field meet, but there's also a day designated as the youth track and field experience. Uh, I'm wondering if you could maybe expand upon that. Yeah, it's it's part of our core value as a, an event is, you know, for us it's not enough to just be an elite track and field meet. We want to be something that gets the entire community involved and certainly... Um, you know, we wanted to give something back to the youth of our community. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, hopefully turn a few light bulbs on in kids and, and make them realize how, how much fun track and field can be. Um, so the, the uh, Squish Bank Youth Track and Field Experience uh, is a great initiative. We bring in eight schools from Guelph. Uh, the kids get bussed in. Um, the Scotiabank pays for them to come into the, to the uh, facility. And then they work with some of our elite athletes. Um, so they go through different stations, high jump station, long jump station, hurdles. Um, we have relay stations. So they, they learn basic fundamentals from some of the elite athletes. Um, so it's a really great program. Uh, we did it for the first time last year. Those eight schools uh, all will have a relay team competing in the, uh, in the international program, the international meet, the high performance meet the next day. So there's kind of a neat little connection there as well. Um, and they get the chance to run in front of a, hopefully a few thousand people. So it's a really great program. We also added in this year a para give it a try uh, day. So we're working with our school board as well, and we're bringing in uh, a number of uh, disabled athletes who maybe haven't had a lot of experience in para track and field. So they'll be coming in in the morning before the uh, Scotiabank Youth Track and Field Experience. So we're trying to expand uh, the, the offerings of the event uh, and really make it into a festival where there's there's a bunch of different pieces to it. Um, obviously, the, the high-performance track meet is the keystone event, 
uh, but we want it to be a, a, a broader uh, offerings as well. It was announced earlier this week that uh, this meet will be the first one to be broadcast on the new Athletics Canada TV site. With that being said, uh, what are some good reasons why people should come down to view it live if they're within driving distance? Well, I think, you know, I think we're going to have an awesome atmosphere. Uh, we've added a fan fest in this year, so we're going to have live bands playing out front of the stadium. Uh, we've got a bunch of exhibitors. There's going to be uh, Athletics Canada's bringing a bunch of racing wheelchairs for people to test out. Um, you know, I think there's... I, I watch a lot of track meets on, on my computer and, hmm. and on TV, and I'm sure you do as well, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's really nothing quite like being there and feeling the energy. You know, one of my fondest memories of track and field uh, was being at uh, Peyton Jordan when uh, Chris Solinsky broke 27 minutes. And, you know, the energy that I felt in that stadium, you know, when he was getting close and he came through the last 200, you know, you wouldn't have been able to feel that through through your screen. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to do here is, is put on a great event that's a lot of fun for people to come and, and say, yeah, track and field's exciting. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's entertaining and the athletes are great people and they're out there and they're giving it their all and it's really exciting to watch. You know, there's a, a road mile race uh, open to everyone and the whole event seems to have a real strong element of community-mindedness. How important is that idea of making this a community event? It's critical. Uh, it's one of the things that I, I feel and, and a lot of people feel that our sport has been a bit, um, has struggled with over the years. And, and, you know, we're certainly trying to get better at connecting the, the large road running community with, with, our, uh, with our elite track and field. And, and you know, we've, we added the road mile last year. Um, you know, like anyone who does events like this, you know, we try and borrow from, from great people. So that was something that we borrowed uh, from Drake, and they also tried it out at Edmonton. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a fun event. We got, we got a great band playing this year. Sean Brady was a former uh, runner and a, a great musician. Uh, you know, our course is through Guelph's downtown core. It's a, a beautiful setting. Finishes right in front of our brand-new city hall. Um, so it's a lot of fun and, and every athlete that comes to that, uh, gets a free ticket into the Inferno who races at the, uh, the community road mile. So that's really important to us is that we connect the different facets of our, of our track and field community and running community, uh, not just in Guelph, but in Ontario. And, you know, it's, it's a huge part of what we're trying to do. Uh, and, and it's a huge part of, I think what athletics Canada and the sport is trying to do in this country. And I think it's a, a really important part about what we're trying to where we're trying to move the sport. The New Balance Speed River Inferno Track and Field Festival is on this weekend with the big track meet happening on the 30th at Alumni Stadium in Guelph. Uh, If people need any more information, where should they go? So uh, if they're looking for information on our meet, they can go to our website, www.speedriverinferno.com. We have all of our start lists up there, information on the race schedule, uh, you know, information on where the location is. Um, if they're interested in registering for our road mile, that's www.speedriverroadmile.com. So those are the two websites. As you mentioned, we are on Twitter at SRInfernoNB. Um, so we've got a lot of different ways that people can get in touch with us. I really encourage your listeners to come to the meet. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see some athletes that have never competed in Canada before and uh, a lot of the stars of this summer's Pan Am Games and this summer's World Championships and Rio's Olympics, I think, will be competing right here in Ontario and right right here in Guelph. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Chris Moulton is the club manager for the Speed River Track and Field Club in Guelph. Thanks a lot for being on the show today, Chris. 
Michael, it was my pleasure. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to our guests, Eric Gillis, Chris Moulton, to Tracky for their ongoing support, and to you for listening. Remember, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, at tracky.ca. If you want to contact us, feel free to shoot us a tweet at the Terminal Mile. And thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>